Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. Hello, my name is Stephen and I'm an addict. My home group is Living Clean in Bethnal Green on Sundays at 5.15 in London, England. 10 October, connected to our purpose. We begin to feel connected to the world around us and our lives have purpose. Living Clean, Chapter 3, Creative Action of the Spirit. Disconnection is one of the hallmark features of addiction. Whether being disconnected leads to drug use or the use of drugs causes us to lose connection, most of us ended up feeling pretty isolated and alienated by the time we first came to NA. Some of us feel connected right away when we get clean. Others keep coming back for months or years to get there. But when we stop using and start living the program, that sense of connection begins to grow. The members who immediately directed me to service helped me feel like I had a purpose, one member wrote. They carried a message to me and then right away they involved me in carrying a message to others. I became part of something bigger. I felt connected in a way I hadn't before. What we connect to and what our purpose is may not be the same for every addict or for every phase of our recovery. Feeling reconnected to humanity by virtue of being an NA member is a big part of early recovery for many of us and we find an abundance of meaning and purpose in sharing our recovery with other addicts. Usually as long as we're still clean and still coming to meetings, this sense of purpose stays with us, but more is available too. Many of us develop a sense of connection and purpose in other areas of our lives as well. We may get involved in a particular religious practice, begin volunteering in our community, or find meaning and beauty in art, fashion, fitness, or a career. The opportunities to find purpose in our lives are as varied as our membership and they need not diminish the sense of purpose we gain by sharing with others in NA. In fact, they often enhance what we have to offer. Where addiction is isolation and alienation, recovery is connection and purpose. I will seek out greater connection to the world around me to deepen my sense of purpose in it. Welcome back, everyone. This is October 10th, and we're here with Joel W. What's up, Joel? Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Joel, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout-out? Yeah, my clean date's 721-08. My home group is Hips Looking Cool. We meet on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Central Phoenix here in Arizona. Um, All right. What's the name of the home group again? Hips Looking Cool. Boy, that is a fitting home group for you, bro. 
that's a good that's a good one so joe we're gonna pivot to the reading can you share your thoughts on connected to our purpose well i think i think what was interesting is the establishment that the reading touched on about the disconnection uh the act of addiction uh, brings us to and interestingly enough you know it gives us the uh, touches on sometimes drugs take us towards connection for our desire to to fit in and so forth and that was definitely my story and eventually they lead us to this disconnection piece and uh, it really hit home for me I was thinking reflecting a lot back on how my desire to fit in at a young age brought me to connection through active addiction and then slowly over time by the end of the road I was sitting in a dark bedroom all by myself in my parents house one last time uh, feeling all alone and um so joe around thankfully. that time if we if we dig in if we dig into that like around that time what was was it was it the the culture of people using um like what what, what made that so attractive like like what, what, why do we why do we look at that and say i desire to be a part of that you know what, what why aren't we attracted to to you know maybe something a little bit more wholesome than than hey let, let me put my chin on my chest the rest of the evening for me personally, it was just my, you know, I was attracted to like black culture and gangster rap music. And I heard these guys singing about drugs and, and women and partying and so forth. And that was more attractive than, than the insecurities and the low self-esteem that I had going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so I thought if I put on this mask and this facade and try to be them, that the people that are around me that I felt apart from would like me. And so I think anything that becomes more attractive than being that you know overweight dorky kid that i was um, can become attractive to us and i think it, it, everybody has their own um things that are attractive to them and that that was me you know i thought if i could do this then people would like me and i think it comes down to insecurities and core beliefs you know mm-hmm. that uh, we've established at a young age that start to make us think that we don't fit in so we find something that we fit in with and in that lifestyle um, with, with drugs and alcohol so you know, at nine, I was drinking, 11, 12, I was actively using it by 13. At the latest, I was really caught in the grips and didn't even really realize what was happening. I just thought I was cool, mm. you know, on the schoolyard, selling a little weed. And um, next thing I knew, I was, you know, utilizing stimulants and up for multiple days and, in, in, you know, early in high school and thought I was cool. You yeah. know, thought I was cool. And so, so, so Joel, did, did you bring in that get, getting clean? Did you bring in that, that's, sense of man i'm not like i'm not like anyone else sitting in in a room no matter how many people are in the room um you know what was that insecurity piece and and any barriers to connecting with people what was that like for you getting clean i definitely brought that stuff into the rooms of narcotics almost in recovery with me but initially at my very my second meeting my my uh, first real moment of clarity the guy in the meeting at the, the jail i was at i'd used with he had three years clean and we did time together. And I was like, wow, I, I felt connected. I didn't feel so isolated and alone anymore. And then through my process, I've been very attracted to, to the members of Narcotics Anonymous. I, I realized early on at my first convention, the World Convention in San Diego in 2011, that, that I had found my people. And uh, I felt a part of, I saw guys with prison tattoos and, and things like that, that you know, I could really connect with. And over my time, over my 14 years here, I've still struggle with in, in, or insecurities and disconnection at times like i find myself on the outside of the circle looking in a group of people in a, in a you know large meeting right. or a large group of people and then thankfully through my 
12 step process, I've been able to develop some skills that make me realize that that's where active addiction took me. I don't want to be in that place in recovery. So I slowly, you know, through, through connection with a higher power and reaching out and become vulnerable, things that weren't um, part of my life prior, allow me to bring myself back into the middle of the circle and get reconnected and connected with purpose. Uh, and narcotics numbers gives us purpose. Early on, you know, finding service commitments and, and others allows me to be in the middle of the herd instead of outside looking in. Bro, I'll never forget the 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 old timer who told me that I was doing a good job when I was mopping up after after the home group meeting. And it sounds, you know, and I tell that story often. I was just slinging the mop, man, back and forth, and he he stuck his head in, probably to bitch about, you know, something wasn't right or something like that. But he said, doing a good job. And, and, uh, and that connectedness piece, just, just a sentence right there, man, just a mm-hmm. sentence. And so, so, you know, I try to do that now when I see, when I see a newer member, you know, serving in any kind of way, especially if, if, um, if somebody's reading and they're stuttering really bad and not pronouncing the words and, you know, just kind of chopping that shit all, all, all the hell and back, I always make it an effort to tell them, Hey man, thanks for that. You know, thanks for reading, yeah. you know, and stuff like this, just to kind of bring, like you said, you know, bring it into the herd, bringing it in. So, so, so Joel, let me ask you this. If, if, if we have some listeners now who are saying, man, I, I get it. I, I understand that whole perspective of like finding my people, you know, finding my tribe, doing all this stuff, but I just haven't experienced it yet. Like I'm, I'm, maybe I'm going to a meeting a week, you know, in person, maybe I'm hitting a couple onlines, maybe I'm doing that, you know, whatever that looks like, what could that person start doing now to have that, to have that, Hey, these are my people. This is where I belong. I'm a part of, and I'm not leaving. I mean, I think I think our biggest connection to to service, or I mean, to to purpose, is through service, um, whatever capacity that may look like. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable to step out of our comfort zone. But I walked into service committee meetings early on that I didn't have any intentions on really being a part of, just to check out. Next thing I knew, I was involved in some sort of commitment that forced me to interact with people, even though I didn't necessarily didn't like them or want to be around them, and that helped me get connected. I really decided to get outside of my comfort zone because it's easy to sit on the outside looking in saying, oh, hey, can't find my tribe, can't find my people, or I can't find my purpose. But we have to get into the middle of things. I know for me, like I, I was not uh, hesitant to who I hung out with in order to find my tribe when I was out there using. And so that same same sort of mindset needs to be what we use inside of the rooms. And 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 what I found is that it's not always the person I think that I'm, I'm going to connect with or think that I like that is going to end up being somebody that I, you know, becomes one of those forever friends in recovery. It just organically randomly happens because I'm at the right place at the right time and my higher power lines me up with them and, and this connection happens. But if I'm not willing to get outside my comfort zone, I won't find those things. And and just going to meetings, it doesn't, I, you know, I think we miss out on a big chunk of of uh, the fellowship, you know, it's those, it's those service commitments and so forth. And then and then being vulnerable. I think that we, we put on masks and like I touched on earlier, I put on these masks to fit in with different groups of people and through my 12-step process, and it talks about in the fourth step that we can quit being the person we invented and start being who we are. Like there's a somebody for everybody inside the rooms of narcotics anonymous as long as I'm being the true authentic Joel. And I found quite a few of those people now over my time here. But I've had to get to that place where I know who I am and I can just show up and be me. And, and people will, will love me. And I, I believe that now. And so if there's somebody out there doubting that or having trouble with that, we just have to continue to stay engaged in the process and show up and be a part of well, my sponsor talks about how how in a is is this beautiful tapestry with all different colors of thread and different style of thread and woven together. It's just so beautiful. And there's no better picture than going out to eat after the meeting 
and looking at looking at our table, right? And it's like this type of person and that type of and somebody else looking at the table has you you couldn't guess how we're all connected. Yeah. You know, like you scan the restaurant, you can say, Oh, that's probably a family. Oh, they're on a first date. Oh, you know, this and this and this. You look at our table, you know, the NA table, and it's like, what the fuck? How are all yeah. those, you know, how are all those people? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, if for the most part, we're, we're, we're cutting up, laughing, having a, having a grand old time. Man. Yeah. That, that's such a cool thing, man. The, 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 we used to call it like the meetings before the meetings, the meetings after the meetings, you know, hanging out fellowship and, you know, outside of the meeting, that's when, and that was my experience too. That's how people really got to know who I was. And, uh, and I got to know how, you know, who they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that look like now? Are we, is the fellowship, are we still, we still going out to eat after after meetings each week and you know each night. Yeah, there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of home groups that have that culture that uh, you know show half hour, forty five minutes early, hang out, helps get set up, whether you're a home group member or not, and just hang out in fellowship and drink coffee and, and then you know some means depend on locality and time of day and so forth. Um, still right after me, but it happens a lot here in Phoenix. And what I found is there's times even with fourteen years clean that I find myself hesitant to go and I, I'll call it impose, impose my will on the group that's going out to the meeting after the meeting um, because I feel uncomfortable. I'm insecure still at times. I don't, they didn't ask me, so I don't think I'm, mm. I'm worthy of going. But what I realized is it's important that I'm just as welcome in that meeting after the meeting as I am that meeting itself. I just have to go and put myself out there. And so, you know, I, I always tell people, hey man, come on, let's go. Or just, just go ask them if you can go. They're gonna wanna take you. Um, and then you always hear that, we didn't ask you if you had any money. We'd ask you if you wanted to come to eat. Right on. <laughs> and that's so, so true. You know, I mean, if someone asks you to go eat and you're new, just go. Like, uh, show up, like, I don't got no money. Like, hey, you know, or can you pay for me? Just ask them. Because um, what I found is that through this 12-step process, people become selfless and, and they want to give back what was so freely given to them. And then through that comes, you know, connection. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste, and God bless. Mm -hmm.